From the poorhouse to the palace, Bethel Baptist Church is pleased to bring you this uplifting program hosted by Dr. Doug Castle. Please stay with us and open your heart as Dr. Castle opens God's Word. Well, thank you for tuning into the broadcast today as we continue on with the, the words that define our salvation. Of course, the word salvation itself, to deliver, to rescue, um, to salvage. And we began with uh, the word election last week. Uh, and this is a word that has, uh, of course, been uh, seriously mishandled, to say the least, uh, biblically and doctrinally. And I give you four guidelines for the study of election. Uh, and let me just give them to you very quickly uh, for way of review as we get into defining that word and looking at it in a little more depth today. Uh, but the first rule for, for studying election is the Bible does not provide answers to all of our uh, questions about God. God doesn't tell us everything that he knows about himself, okay? Uh, number, in fact, in fact we, his heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways and your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. And uh, in Acts chapter 1, uh, the disciples went, Lord, when will thou restore the kingdom? He says, not for you to know the times and the seasons. He said, it's your time to go uh, be witnesses. All right. There are things that's not for us to know. Number two, God is completely holy and righteous in everything he does, whether we understand him or not. Whatever God does, it is holy and righteous. It's right no matter what. That's rule number two. Rule number three is the total extent of our knowledge is limited to what God chooses to reveal us. We only know the things that the Bible reveals to us and through the teaching of the Spirit of God as well. Uh, and the Spirit teaches us what the Bible tells us. And number four, a work that is dependent on God's grace cannot involve in any way any work of any man. Okay? So those are the guidelines, and we covered those in depth last week, so I'm not going to uh, do more than just give them for review today. But let me just say uh, that election is the, the sovereign act of God in, in which he chooses or per picks out certain parts of his creation for a specific purpose. And, of course, we covered this last week as well. God can choose a person like Moses to deliver or, or Pharaoh uh, to perform his will or Cyrus. God can choose a rock. He could choose an object from creation. He could choose, um, uh, he could choose a donkey like Balaam's donkey. Uh, God, God can choose anything uh, or anyone that he wants to perform his will, accomplish his will. He could choose a man like Abraham to form a Jewish nation. So, and, and it is holy and right in all that God does, any object, any person, uh, or any animal, whatever, whatever he wants to, he can choose and he can use. And God never makes a bad choice and God never makes a wrong choice. God is too wise to make mistakes and too kind uh, and gracious to be too gracious to be unkind, as the old saying goes. Now, look, if, if, if we were all left to faint, to karma, to blind chance, we'd be wandering down a blind alley. What, what if God did not... What if there were no election of God? What if God did not make any choices? Well, then all that stuff about fate and karma would be, uh, we would live in a world of chaos and confusion and quite frankly, hopelessness. I, I heard uh, years ago a recorded message by Dr. Lehman Strauss, and he told a story, and as best I remember, he said that when he was in college, uh, a professor gave his class an assignment uh, to read the, the first chapter of a book 
by 10 different philosophers. So they had to read the first chapter of 10 different books by secular philosophers, uh, people like Plato and Socrates and Aristotle and things like that, and uh, individuals like that. And, and then they were to write a paper summarizing the thoughts of of each philosopher based on that one chapter, the first chapter, because the first chapter is the foundation. So it was to give, the idea was to give them an idea of what philosophers thought like. And then I, I but I, I remember this, I, I thought the assignment was unique, but I thought what brother, what the, what the preacher said was even more um, unique in the fact that he said, that he said that all 10 philosophers were troubled about three things. This was his takeaway, as it were. His takeaway from this from this class project was that all philosophers were troubled about three things. The origin of the universe. How did I get here? The reason and purpose of life. Why am I here? And destiny. How does it all end? We don't know where we came from. Why are We don't know why we're here. We don't know where we're going without election. By the way, that's the problem with the world. They don't know God. And so that's what they think. They think they're walking up a blind alley. But because God elects and has made certain choices, we know where we came from because you're not here for any other reason than your life was given as a created act of God, an act of creation of God. You, you came into existence because God brought you. In. He may have used your parents. I understand that. But you are here because you have a creator. We know our origin. We know where we came from. We know why we're here. We are here because God created mankind in his image and his likeness to have fellowship and a relationship with him. And if we're saved, we know where we're going. We're not walking up a blind alley. By the way, that's encouraging to me today. Election is a is a term that brings comfort. It has to do with salvation, but it has to do with things much more than salvation. Remember that. Election is one of those words that doesn't just define salvation. It, it defines, in a limited, finite sense, what we can know about God. So we, uh, we, we, we want to be careful to realize that we have answers and, and we find comfort in the fact that we know that we have answers to those three great questions that everybody wonders about in, in one way or another, at one time or another. And we ought to be glad that God makes choices and all God has to work with is flesh. We act like God has made a mistake because all he has to use is is mankind who is who is flawed. God can accomplish a perfect will with a flawless man. That's why he could choose a man like Moses who killed a man and say, well, why would God choose Moses and not somebody else? Well, look, the Bible says if a man hated his brother in his heart without a cause, he's killed somebody. And no matter who God picked, God picked somebody that was guilty of that. And it's quite frankly, it's not your business and it's not mine. It's a need to know basis again. You don't need to know. Now, God chose Abraham. Why? He came from one of the most pagan and idolatrous cities of his day. We don't need to know why. We just need to know that God chose him because God saw something in him that God saw something in Abraham. God saw something in Moses that you and I couldn't see, but God could see because he's omniscient. He's all knowing. By the way, you think you know what's going on with everybody and you don't, but God really does. Why would God choose a man like David after he committed adultery, conspiracy, and murder uh, to form a, a, a covenant and establish his throne forever? I don't know, but I know that God makes choices. All, and again, if God, let, let me help you. I'll tell you what encourages me. If God can use murderers, 
adulterers, conspirators, pagan idolaters. He can use, he can rescue, he can salvage, he can save any of us. Election shows us that no one is beyond God's means of salvation. In fact, those men, men like that, are, are one of our greatest comforts concerning the doctrine of election. That God can rescue, if God can rescue Moses and Abraham and David and salvage them and, and deliver them, I'm not beyond the reach of his power. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that God can elect to choose a man like those men. By the way, don't we, we don't get hung up on what they were. Look at what they became. Abraham, the friend of God, David, the man after God's own heart. Moses, the great deliverer, the man who was meekest above all the men the face of the earth and who, who knew God probably more intimately than any other human being that walked this earth. What a, what, a, what a wonderful, wonderful word to help us understand part of the means that God uses to save us. We're going to look at more of it tomorrow. Hope you join us then. May the Lord bless you until our time again. You've been enjoying the program from the poorhouse to the palace. Find Pastor Castle's Bible commentaries and other resources when you visit the website bbclinton.com. Archive broadcasts of this radio program are available at wytjradio.com. Listen to the latest broadcast wherever you are or catch up on what you missed whenever you want by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Just search From the Poorhouse to the Palace. From the poor